Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends, and probably some rando too. But no complaining, because this is free. Free! This is Beauty and the Beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. This week I was a guest on WX Live with Jeremy and Lisa Kappel. You may remember Jeremy from his absolutely ridiculous firing in early 2019. He was the weatherman on the local news station in Rochester, New York. And in giving the forecast for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, he accidentally said Martin Luther Kuhn. The station fired him after the mayor and others went after him for his supposed racism. And Jeremy and his wife have put together their own show since. It was great to meet them and catch up with them if you like what you hear. And I hope that you will. Check out WX Live at capilweather.com, linked in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy. All right, with that being said, without further ado, is it ado? I don't know. It sounds like a, a fancy French word or something. I bet you Matt would know what ado is. Without further ado, Matt Christensen, everybody. Hey, buddy, can you hear me? I can. Thanks for having me. Uh, linguistics is not my expertise. So That's I can't, okay. uh, I can't offer insight on that, but, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank Thanks for uh, having me. Oh, and sure. in, um, man, in a ridiculous times, your story still stands out as one of the most ridiculous I can remember. So, well, uh, first and foremost, I know I've, I've thanked you through messaging, but thank you for taking time to actually, I mean, the way you, you spelled it out was so logical. Yes. I don't even think anybody that's, I mean, they could be all the way in the left that they want to be. They got to see the humor and the logic and what you put together. So thank you for that. With that being said, it's an honor to have you on the program tonight, Matt. And tonight of all nights, it's ironic. Uh, we bring you on on a night when social media is going crazy in the capital world. Are you having this issue, Matt? Matt's not. He's too cool for that. <laughs> but let me know, Matt. Uh, well, why? What's going crazy with you guys? I guess maybe I missed something. Okay, well, first of all, Matt Christensen, everybody, and if you don't know him, get to know him. Uh, on the YouTube, I put all the links on there. I put all your links on Facebook, and they and they shut us down. And I don't know if it has anything to do with you. Really? Because well, they well they started shutting us down last night. First time. They first they night. stopped your stream or what? Yeah, twice last night it had nothing okay. to do with you. So I don't want you to take this personally. I don't stream on Facebook, so I have no idea. But I wonder I wonder what did it. Well, it, it accused me of using copyrighted music, which is interesting okay. because I've been using the same music since we launched this program formally, February of 2019, mm -hmm. following my firing. And I had never had any problems with that music whatsoever at all. So they blocked it, took it down, and then we decided that we bring it right back up. And it, because it said it was for music reasons, we decided to pull out the Star Spangled Banner, right? Okay. The National <laughs> Anthem. Banned for that, for sure. Uh, that, that's unacceptable. <laughs> you know how we were banned for that. Yeah, you say no more. It did, it did, and it went straight down. It went straight down. And finally, the third time, we got up and running, and it was okay. It was kosher. I have no idea why third time was a charm, but it did. And so hmm. today, I spent the day running tests on one of my test pages. And anyway... Here we are, Matt. Um, we're just honored to have you, but you know the state of social media. You've been doing this stuff for a while. Um, I look back at your 
you know, you're, you're, you're vlogging and you're streaming career. You started off as a gamer. Is that right? Yeah. You must've gone really far back if you did the, <laughs> the whole history that route. I did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I started, um, I got on YouTube because I used to play a lot of call of duty way too much. Uh, uh in fact, it was a big vice yep. and, um, and I would play a lot with my friends and family. And uh, if you've ever played online video games, you know the sort of reactions that people have in online video games, at least used to before they cracked down on all this stuff. And so sure. I got on YouTube because I just the, the interactions we'd ha- we would have with people would be so funny. So like, well, I got to I got to record some of this stuff and just post it. It was pure hobby. And um, and I, I sort of grew out of that eventually and saw the world going a little crazy and started talking about it. And that is kind of the story of how my channel accidentally came to be. And, uh, I've been, I've been doing it full time for about four years now, but I've been on YouTube since late 2012 or no early 2012, late 2011. So it was kind of a, and I'm going to have, and I've I've told our son, he's 13 and he's really into gaming. I was like, look, I've got this famous gamer on, but he's not really a gamer now. Yeah, formerly, maybe. And he's like, yeah. well, what, what he, he wanted to know what you did wrong. I'm like, no, he didn't do anything wrong. He, he, he transitioned and he yeah. went above gaming. That's what yeah. I try to explain to him. Yes. You try to explain Beyond that to a 13 year old. Son. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Matt, you're in, you're, you're in, and you have to forgive me because I accused you from being from Texas a week or two ago. To yes, that's not a bad thing. I, no, was that's say, I didn't think you'd be offended by that. My, my wife uh, desperately wants to move there, actually, and I, I oh. refuse. Uh, I'm not I'm not moving no. in the southern part. Of, well, I mean, at this point, I, I would. Oh, th- that is attractive, actually. I would move about <laughs> anywhere for the promise of being left alone. So I'll never say never. But um, there you go. But uh, she, she'd really like to live down there. Yeah, we live in Bozeman, Montana. I've been in yep. Montana for quite some time. Uh, my family is originally from Twin Cities, Minnesota, and then we moved out here when I was younger. And then I did my college and early career tour on the West Coast in Portland and the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, I had to leave Montana to appreciate Montana. And I'm, I'm glad I did because now I never want to leave. I, I, don't, I, I love it here. Unfortunately, the things that are great about living here is what is attracting the people who ruined a lot of other states to come here and do their best to, uh, to ruin it here too. So well, I, I don't know. I don't want to leave, but uh, they might make me, you know? Uh, you know, I think in, I was going to ask you about that, Matt. And uh, by the way, I love both what you do with your vlogs and also with, uh, with uh, beauty and the beta which is which is an interesting uh concept uh and so blonde your your co-host yeah i think you guys do a real great job of yinging and yanging off of each other uh you she keeps it hip for you by the way she uh, she is the uh spice to my milk if you want to put it that way yeah <laughs> you know? yes, uh, we, we uh we have different styles and uh but we work well together and it's been a good uh, it's been a good project for many years now you guys, um, your main program, Beauty and the Beta, it's Sunday nights. Yeah, and then you guys do a call-in show on Wednesday nights, correct? Yep, yep. And then, um, and then you do about once or twice a week. It seems like you put out a very well put together vlog on a topic de jour. There we go. Yep. Again, usually, usually Wednesdays and Tuesdays, and the streams are. Um... The streams are, as you'd expect on a stream, it's it's uh, less formal, more off the cuff. I mean, we're, we're going through a series of topics, but it's interacting with our audience and it's not scripted. When I'm doing this stuff on my own, I really want to be laser focused and, and sure. get through information as quickly and as, as efficiently as possible. And that's uh, that's how I encountered you guys was I remember seeing that story and just the more I dug into it, the more absurd it became. 
And I, it's it was one of those stories where it's, it's just so silly on its face. But it, I felt so bad for you guys, too, because you have the employer totally uh, just throwing an employee under the bus unfairly. But you ha- in that case, you had city government getting involved. Like, what did city government have to do? Any they had nothing to do with any of that. Well, and it's it just, interesting because and, and I, I was following your your story out of Portland. Uh, what is it? Ted Wheeling. Is that his name? Ted Wheeler. Yeah. Wheeler. Wheeler. And watching his reaction to the the mob, BLM and, and Tifa. And so they got rid of the, the Chaz, is it? or And then now they have a Raz. Is that right? Uh, well, now I guess that? I guess now they've uh, taken it down since okay. I, I posted on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The city has been in negotiation with the Razistanis, the, the autonomous zone inhabitants militants basically some of them are actually armed and enforcing checkpoints and uh at the center of this controversy is basically a family that failed to pay for their mortgage and they've had two years to do this they didn't do it they went through a whole legal process they got evicted and the mob is defending them from eviction and and ted wheeler sent in the cops to try to bust this up and force the eviction and then the mob beat back the cops and then Ted Wheeler has now caved and apologized to the mob and to get them to destroy their own barricade. I mean, they were setting up war zone style barricades of debris bro- blocking a major street in Portland, Mississippi Avenue. And not it, only would they had spike strips, n- nails in boards to, and oh people God. live on this street. You know, it's not right. just this this family. So they so to get them to de- instead of sending in the troops to go take down that barricade and defend the rights of the people who live in that neighborhood. They caved to the mob. They said, we're sorry. And now the family has raised so much money on GoFundMe. They'll just buy the the house back from the developer that bought it. And it's since come out too, that that family actually owns a second house immediately nearby. So it looks like this whole thing has been basically a money raising scam that's bad enough, but it has also victimized the people who live there who have had to have their lives interrupted and basically held hostage by a violent mob. It sounds Very like scary. it sounds like uh, we're taking bad behavior and we're making it something to look up to. I mean, am I wrong on that? This is the stuff that that just amazes me because what's the premise of this entire story? It's it's a systemic racism narrative. It's a victimization right. narrative. We are vict. The family is a victim in this scenario. Never mind that they didn't meet their obligations and they had many mm-hmm. years to figure it out and they didn't. So they're they're pushing a victim narrative. In fact, to victimize everyone else who lives there. And not only are they not being victimized, they actually come out ahead. They get rewarded. Mm-hmm. And right. It's it, just, it, it uh, makes you wonder where all this is going. And yeah. We are going to, we'll talk maybe, maybe after the program or next time we get an opportunity to talk, we want you to do a follow-up on our story because that mayor of Rochester, ah. did you hear, did you hear that she was convicted uh, of, uh, hold on, hold on, what a, a campaign uh, funds misappropriation, like to the tune of a hundred or two, $200,000. I did not. Are you, are you guys still in Rochester or did you? And, and I, no, well, we're, we're kind of in both. Oh, we, okay. We um we we haven't exactly established our podcast to the point where we're making really good money yet. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we're not making much after coronavirus hit. We really took a hit. Ooh, so we sold our home. That. No, that's okay. It's everybody's going through difficult times. Sure. Coronavirus and everything that 2020 has brought us. Um. So what we've done is we've kind of diversified. We've got a friend that's putting us up in Western New York, and then we've got a family that's putting us up here in Indiana where we're from. And so oh, okay. we've kind of been going back and forth. We streamed from both, and uh, 
we're just trying to make a positive difference in some way. But yeah, the, the, well, the, the Rochester mayor will, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll send, I'll send you some information, but she was yeah. not convicted, but indicted okay. on uh, election fraud, uh, campaign misuse of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then the Daniel Prude hmm. case hit. Do you remember the Daniel Prude case? This was, this guy, as I recall, correct me if I'm wrong. It was, um, it was very similar to George Floyd. This guy yes. was he was running around naked on drugs or something like that. Yes. This was in March. Yes. Yeah. Whacked out of his mind on drugs in the middle of the night. Mm. Apparently he was in his brother's custody. And that's then, right. Uh, yeah. And then and then he, he fled his brother's house naked in the middle of the street. It's right after the pandemic hit. Yeah. Uh, the Rochester police arrive on the scene and he's out of his mind. He's spitting at him. And he's saying right. he's got he's got COVID. That's so right. They put, they put one of those spit hoods on him. Yeah. And he's still flailing. And so they try to subdue him in some way. But at some point he had a I guess his heart gave out. And there's a lot of that didn't get out right away. It came out months later that he actually mm. died on the scene. He was only re- revived after paramedics came. And this was in late March. Yeah. And then when this get blows up into a national story, the mayor of Rochester, of course, the one that you did the story on, she did what she does. And she threw her chief of police under the bus and said it's his fault. And she knew nothing about it. Uh, when it turns out he just filed a lawsuit last week against her in the city of Rochester. She knew everything about it. Hmm. And so it just goes on and on. But we see this. And I mentioned that to you. In a message that, you know, uh, when you had agreed to be on, and I'd mentioned the, the, the Portland uh, situation that you vlogged so eloquently on, that it seems like this is occurring in so many uh, mid to major sized cities across the United States. So you're in both in Montana. We've been spending time in New York. I was thinking Montana would be a, a refreshing place to go to get away from it all. But you're telling me no. Well, it really is. And it's a gigantic state. I, I think we're like the fourth largest geographically. So don't don't take uh, my experience in this one particular portion of it to be an indicator of the state at large. Um, and for better or worse, where I live in Gallatin County, this is one of the fastest growing cities and counties of its size in the country. So everybody who's coming in from California, from Seattle, yeah, all those cities are all, you know, just the West coast generally they're, uh, they're coming here. So that, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of, uh, you never know, you know, like my wife's a California refugee, but she, she wanted to leave California for a reason. you know. Right. So every what, time you what, see what part of Cali is she from? Well, she's originally from the Bay area and then uh, she was living down in LA before she moved here and um and yeah so you never know whenever i see the plates i i always wonder it's like all right are you a person who left that state and knows why you left and you're here to escape that great or are you a person who wants to vote for all the same things that ruined california and uh you're coming here to ruin it too and unfortunately the voting trends are, are headed the wrong way so um so I don't know. I, I, we're not going to leave anytime soon, but uh, I think about places like Wyoming. I think about South Dakota. Uh, some of the neighbor states uh, are are looking awfully good. And the cost of living in those places is so much lower, too. It, just the reality, the market reality of so many people moving in here. It's, it's not as affordable as it used to be. 
Sure. And I can understand that. And I heard you talking, uh, it was on another podcast. Uh, yes, I've been watching your stuff there, Matt. So, <laughs> but you talked about, okay, look, where's all this going? And I wanted to ask you, and I know you've, you've spoken uh, to, to your audience about this, the craziness with the election, everything mm-hmm. that we look around that's happening politically here in the United States of America. If it doesn't lead to a civil war, can we succeed from each other? Can we have a red population and a blue population? Yeah, yeah. Well, it it's uh, it's. I don't want to get you guys banned. I don't. Can I talk about that? It's, I think <laughs> it's too late, man. We've already yeah. gotten in trouble. Yes, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. used to it. Um, no, it, 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 you have to be careful about talking about this sort of thing. But but it, it um, you shouldn't have to be because. The reality is, I think the political reality is you have Mm -hmm. uh, this rift that's been happening. I've been characterizing as bill of rights or nah for quite a while. Just that is to say, do you believe in the fundamental values and the legal principles of the bill of rights or not? And you can call that the Constitution more broadly. But in general, I think we've got a huge cultural gap there. You have people who believe that those are fundamentally good ideas that ought to be upheld and people who think, no, those are racist, sexist, homophobic institutions of old white men of a bygone era or something like that. Mm -hmm. And if you don't agree on those foundational ideas, it's not easy or potentially even possible to share a country. And I don't say that with any desire to... Yeah, to start to take a to take a wrecking ball to anything. It what it means is that if we don't if we don't share if we don't have any commonality like that if we don't have any shared values, maybe the best answer is that we have some sort of mutual split. I, I would. I agree. I, I, I think that's the the moral and the healthy way to handle this. There there doesn't have to be any conflict, and it seems to me that if you have people who want to uphold the Constitution and another segment of of the country that basically hates them and views them with disdain. Sure. Why right. wouldn't a mutual split be uh, possible? And, I, and I, the the only unfortunate thing about that is it just, from my perspective, um, the mm-hmm. the progressive left currently wants to and has to control everybody else. They they won't let you live That's over the, there right. in that yeah. other corner of the country by yourself and be left alone. They have to control every aspect of your life. And so that's the only reason why I don't think that a split is a split that is mutually agreed to is possible Mm -hmm. or ever going to happen. It's just the the need for control is too great. Well, and that's the whole thing is because, you know, they they accuse our founders of of being having control problems. You know, the the, the white supremacists, we wanted to be colonialists, right? They were I say we I'm talking about the founders of this great land and yeah. we were supposed to be the colonialist, the expansionist, and here we are having this discussion. Look, okay, you take this, you know, you take fifty percent, we take the other fifty percent, we go our separate ways. But that's not America. We, in your opinion, looking back, and I don't know how versed you are in history. I don't mm-hmm. believe we've been as divided as we are now since the Civil War. I know the Vietnam era was very rough, and it tore a lot of a lot of people apart and families apart. But can you imagine? A place in time when you when you have an America that is as split as this right now. I, I yeah, I it's hard for me to to draw a comparison. And I think but I think the, the number one place that we've gone wrong is just uh, uh, is the desire to have the federal government take over every aspect of life. That's the direction right. that we've headed, because I seriously speaking, as much as I like to joke about the Portlands of the world and the Californias mm-hmm. of the world, if we could agree 
to leave each other alone and have a minimal federal government that exists basically for common defense. Great. Sure. You guys run, you do all the stuff. You have all the state power in California that you want. That is fantastic. You vote for it. You make it happen. Good luck with that. And you leave us here in Montana alone and we'll, we'll handle it the way that we see fit. And that's fine. And, but that's the trouble. It's, instead of saying, okay, we'll do in California what we want to see. We'll institute every progressive measure, measure we can invent. Instead of agreeing to that, it's a struggle for the federal sword to say, no, our way has to be crammed down on everyone. We have to get power at the very top and impose it on everyone else. And that's never, that was never the design or the bargain of this country. And there's a good yeah. reason for it, it because it's just it was impractical at the time of our founding to think that New Yorkers were going to boss around Georgians, for example. That right. was when our country had what? A, you know, a, a, probably 10 percent of the population that we yeah, have now. If, hundreds if of hundreds of millions of people. If you think that we're all going to get in line for you know, whether it's Joe Biden, Kamala Harris or or Donald Trump, for that matter, it doesn't matter who it is. If you have a country of that many people that you're trying to run through uh through centralized uh orders it's it's just not going to happen so i don't know so you know at the end of the day and once you jump in here hon so you you know you've got your uh, you've got your blonde i've got my blonde right here this is my wife Lisa, my <laughs> hey, nice so, to meet you lisa you too you know um well, what do you think hon? where where do you think this is going you know because it seems like to me and you know i was i was born and raised in the church and we were warned of a time in the future when right will become wrong, wrong will become right, uh, and people will turn a blind eye to wrongdoing and, you know, and, and, and criminality will become rampant. Come on. And I don't know your, I don't know your, your, your beliefs on faith or religion, but hmm. I mean, does it sound kind of like what we're going through right now there, Matt? Well, I, I, I am not, uh, I am not well versed in theology either, but I, it's interesting you bring that up because this has been kind of an ongoing thing on our stream. I've always been kind of a religious, I guess, I guess an agnostic or kind of, mm -hmm. uh, I guess you could say non-believer, but not, not a fedora tipping militant atheist. You know what I mean? Just someone who's looking for that, I suppose, but I, I have trouble connecting the dots sometimes, Sure. but, but this year has been so interesting because, uh, I, I guess I just see that human beings have uh, a kind of a natural need to find faith and mean and meaning in something. Right. And, and as traditional faith has declined in this country, it seems that that faith is being put in all sorts of improper places, whether it is um, the experts, whether it is uh, government overall, whether it is, I don't know, celebrities, uh, Hollywood culture, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, just kind of going down this philosophical path myself, I, I've I think a lot about these things because to have any morality in my life whatsoever, I have to grant the idea that human life has inherent value. Otherwise, basically everything What's falls apart. Yeah, and if if human life has value, if human life has purpose, where did that purpose come from? Who or what make who or what created that purpose? What is its origin? Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm at in the in this particular area of my life, and it's been accelerated. Like I've, I've been trending toward more curiosity and interest in faith for a little while, but it's been accelerated uh, this year just by watching people like, like, like I, um, I watched a video of a guy who went to the Trump rally in Georgia the other week 
Yep. And he was on like bended knee begging people to wear masks. Now I'm not here to like, you know, people have different opinions on masks. That's fine. But, but what he was doing was almost like mask evangelism and right. it, it, it was bizarre. And, and this is the sort of thing where it's like, man, uh, if, if we have to find that in something, we're looking in the wrong places. We, we need to return to tradition here. So, 100%. Yeah. 100%. When, you, when coronavirus becomes your God, I think we have a problem here. Yeah. When, it's go, when really government bizarre. becomes, and where we're sitting, government. it's right? government. When government becomes your God, you got a breakdown of morality and it's, it's, it's systemic. Okay. Yeah. You've got large sections of your population that's looking to the government as if they are the highest level of humanity when right. facts, vast majority of them don't have a lot of humanity in them because proof is in the pudding. If they did, we'd be in a much better place than we are right now. And you wouldn't have criminals and you wouldn't have thugs and organizations running so many of the major cities across the United States. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's. Do you think that this? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've become so complacent. Do you? Hmm. Uh, maybe looking for. And you're talking about American influence. You're talking yeah. about overall. Yes. Your overall American. I know that there are exceptions, mm -hmm. but all else being equal, it's easier for you to sit on the couch. And, and not worry about food and not worried about clothing and having a place to stay in this country yeah. than probably anywhere else in the world. Yeah, or, or ever in history. And that yes. there are negative mm -hmm. consequences to that. I think you're right. And I think one of the great illusions we maintain is that there's some power in control that will keep us all safe or is looking out for us. Uh, life gets a lot better when you take control of when you take control of it for yourself and you assume responsibility for yourself. But uh, we that that's another value that appears to be consistently well, flushed down the toilet. Lately. Imagine yeah. that uh, responsibility. And I'm not going to keep you much longer because we had agreed upon time. And we're sure. I got, I got time. So I'm not in a rush. Uh, so okay. well, happy, well, happy well, to stick around as long as you'd like. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of um, even though I, I grew up in faith. I, I put so much of who I am in, in kind of philosophy and yeah. definitely principle built. That's just, you know, and I'm very fortunate because I realize there's a lot of people that aren't built that way. Yeah. And I feel very fortunate no matter what happens, I'm going to land on my feet. And I'm going to make sure my family lands on their feet because I'm based on principles and faith and not whatever the political winds blow my way. Yeah. But I know that there's a lot of people that don't have that. And I think of this idea of victimhood and you look around you know, especially the U.S. I know it's, it's it's a worldwide thing too. This victimhood chic, where it's it's so popular to show just how much of a victim you are. Yeah. Do they? Do you wonder if if like you know those that represent BLM? And I know that there's you know inherently there's there, there's there's a good. I think there was a good purpose at the beginning to make sure that blacks and minorities had the same opportunities as everybody. And I get sure. that. And but you look at the reaction and you look at. Their, their political nature and it really is just this it's like a, it's like a contest for who can be the biggest victim and that rubs me so far the wrong way yeah I'm, you know i mean i believe i was i was brought up in my mother she's right upstairs by the way don't hmm. judge um <laughs> don't judge no i i got a lot of admiration for uh healthy intact families these days that's that's a good thing <laughs> right? it's a good thing to have man the, the family's being tossed under the bus too so it's right. good you guys are doing it, right. it is it is yeah. but yeah. she taught me among all the things hard work responsibility and faith yeah and responsibility if you break it down it's the able it's 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 the ability to respond if you take that away, 
You take away responsibility. That means that you don't have the ability to respond, which basically means you're powerless. Exactly. And, that, and is, that's, that what, is that the goal? Uh, cynically, you could believe that. That's certainly the effect. And that's what's so cruel about it. It's, temp- it's so tempting yeah. to buy into that victim narrative. Why? Because it excuses you of the responsibility that you're talking about. Oh, my life, the things I don't like about my life are someone else's fault. Therefore, someone else has an obligation to fix them for me. I'm perfect right. just the way I am. I don't need to do anything. The cruelty of, of teaching someone that is what is the effect? They never try. They never put forth the effort to improve themselves or their lives. And thus they never really get full control of themselves and achieve the best possible version of themselves. And, uh, man, I would like to think that, that, uh, that sort of victim narrative and mentality is built on good intentions that, that the people pushing it do believe that it's, it's true, but, uh, right. as you've, as you've noted, <laughs> it's lacking a lot of principles and it has the effect yep. of making people dependent on you. It, it has the effect of accumulating yep. power for those pushing that narrative. And, um, right. I, I used to be, you know, I used to be bright eyed, bushy tailed. I used to be happy, go lucky and, uh, believe in the good intentions of people. And I still try to, I think we have an obligation to assume right. good agree. intentions until malice is proven. But man, this year more than any other is like, I don't, I don't believe anything put in front of my face. I like, ass- I, exactly right. I assume so malice get- frequently, whether I should or not. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're and not so alone. When you have, and I, you know, I've, I've watched enough to know that you've been accused of being a conspiracy theorist. Am I oh, correct, of course. Matt? Oh, well, yeah. It's like every every time I question what the government's up to. Oh boy. Or what or what certain politicians are how, demanding. How dare you? Every time I question that, you're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? Why don't you just take it for what it is, okay? How do you feel about and how do you deal with that? You know, I mean, do we just run around with tinfoil hats all day and say that's just the way it is, we're crazy? Or how do you react to that? Uh my my go-to the uh, I would say the uh, if anyone accuses me of those sorts of things, I would react the same way that I do with most things. Just I just apply the Socratic method, man. Just ask questions. Why do you believe right. what you believe? And anytime right. someone asks me why I believe what I believe, uh, I will I will either say I don't know, I don't have a basis for this view, or I'll have thought about it and provide the reasons why. But if someone makes that sort of accusation, you ask, well, why do you believe that? And they have nothing but. Yeah, name name calling or whatever else right, exactly. maybe mm-hmm. maybe they won't uh, you know oftentimes i have found that if you just ask people questions in good faith and try not to attack back right you might not win in the moment you you, you know people are trying to dunk on you they're trying to win the argument or whatever <laughs> but if you can just get those gears spinning a little bit in someone's head such that they think about it later Yep. I've had all sorts of these conversations with friends, whether it's, you know, uh, the current coronavirus stuff or gun control or any sort of political issue. And and nobody's going to rarely do people go in the moment. You know what? You're right. Yeah, I was exactly. wrong. You're right. It's not but, like this is not like it. this is uh, this is different, though, than Twitter, though, where you're going to get instantly you're going to be name yeah. called and you're going to be shamed and you're going to be labeled and whatever else. But at least yeah. in person, they're not like you said, they're not going to necessarily it, at least you, you just you just got to get those gears spinning and it happens for it happens to me too people change my mind all the time it's a it's a great feeling to get home after thinking about a conversation and realize mm-hmm. oh you know what i don't really have a basis for that belief of mine why do i believe that right and if you can't answer that question it's probably a belief that you, that you shouldn't hold but 
but yeah, it's um, I I try to remember. It's tough these days because there's a lot of people trying to throw shade at you in that way. People trying uh-huh. to attack you. But I remember because. Uh, if you go way back, even before my video game stuff or, or uh, like during that, <laughs> yes. I used to be I used to be one of the the good Democrats. I used to be an Obama voter. I used to be one of these people. And then they turned their backs on free speech and other values important to me. And that right. got me questioning, well, what else are they wrong about? Here we are. But the people who persuaded me year, a few years ago, they were talking like 2015, 2016, all of them. None of them beat me into submission. None of them said, you know what? You're an idiot and you need to believe this. Mm-hmm. All of them chipped away at me with good arguments and in particular humor. You know, they they made it right. fun. And so I try to remember that as tempting as it is because these people are trying to beat us into submission. I try, <laughs> as much no, as I want to beat ex- them into submission that sometimes. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. If I can ask, if I can ask, and, and we don't want to drag this out much further because your sure. time is precious and we appreciate everything you've done to be on the program. Can I ask you who was one of those uh, maybe mentors or role models that you looked up to that maybe helped to change your mind? Oh, there were all sorts of people. And actually, there are people not necessarily like there were people in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And and actually, Blonde and I have kind of gone through this together. So she was she was big in that way. But a lot of people who who changed my views um, were on YouTube through YouTube. And they are people with whom I haven't actually interacted a bunch personally. But like back in 2016, you know, like uh, the Steven Crowders of the world, the uh, Dave Rubens of the world. Milo was really yep. influential on me. It's yep. just people and, and and they were so all the all the stuff, all the events they were doing at the time. That's that was the approach that was so um, that was so persuasive. It, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, man, aren't leftists a bunch of idiots? Aren't they aren't they terrible people? It was like, well, here is a series of flaws in that reasoning. And also here's a series of great jokes that really hit the, the point home. I love it. And, uh, and yeah, the, 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 it, it's YouTube is great. I mean, YouTube, YouTube has changed a lot of minds, mine included. That's why they want to get control of that. You know? Yeah. But, right. Uh, and that's what, and I was, yeah. uh, I was going to bring that up, but we don't have to dwell on it because right now I believe so much of this stuff that's happening on social media, it is sensitive you have developed a wonderful platform, and I, and I encourage each and every one of our followers to check him out. I've got all of your all of your uh, contacts, by the way, and all your social media is attached to this YouTube feed. I had it on my Facebook feed, just so you know, brother. But Facebook said no to that. I don't know why. Okay, uh, they but, said um, no to linking to to what my no, website. No, they didn't. They didn't. Oh. But they took me down a, right as soon as we started today, and I didn't play any music. We oh, just the stream. Yesterday. Yeah, that's weird, man. So I decided I'm like, all right, what what could it be that's triggering? I had a whole Mm. a whole ton of links they were for you so i took it down but with that being said and then last week youtube comes out and says anybody that questions the (laughs) integrity of the election yeah and what are your thoughts on on what youtube is doing well youtube it appears that youtube has been intent on uh if not killing itself turning its back on the reason people enjoy it for quite some time Susan's reign, Susan Wojcicki, the uh, the CEO, her her entire tenure has been chipping away at everything that people love about YouTube. And if there's one thing that drives me nuts, mm-hmm. it's people who don't understand why people like their product. Now, if you have a wildly successful product and and the people running mm-hmm. the company don't appear to understand why people enjoy it, that, that's just bad. That's a problem. YouTube is a is a classic case, and YouTube will continue chipping away. It's it's been steadily creeping for some time. First, oh, it's just Alex Jones, and then it's oh, you just can't say the name of the whistleblower last fall, and they they try to do these little tiny things. Well, now you're talking about banning 
the perspective of something like a third to half of this country. Yes. You're talking about gigantic portions of the country. uh, and, And you're talking about political viewpoints, which has to be at the center of anybody's view of what the concept of free speech should encompass like political viewpoints should that's got to be covered. All right. This isn't like some weird fringe end of the concept of free speech. So YouTube will, uh, I I really think 2021 will probably be the year that this sort of content, like the sort of content that I do. And if you guys get political over here, maybe you do. And and that end of, of YouTube is, it's probably going to go away either by force or by necessity because a handful of big people get the ax and they move on to a new place. But, and, and, you know, I I don't want to jump through those hurdles, but the reality is YouTube is successful because of the people that, that, um, that people want to watch on YouTube. It's not successful because of Susan Wojcicki or any of the people running the company. And Susan continues diverting traffic in that blog post about this new rule. She, she bragged, Ooh, uh, we've diverted, pretty much all political searches to ABC news, CBS, uh, NBC. Well, good for you, but you have to understand the reason people cut their cable and the reason they come to YouTube is not to watch that content. They want to see someone who's a real person, you know, broadcasting out of their bedroom or whatever they're doing. Yeah. And and, and, uh, we can bring this down for a closer map because again, I appreciate your time. When I was in TV for uh, 18, 19 years, that's one thing that I identified with uh, because you have these consultants that would come in and tell you how to do your job. Mm. Okay. And keep in mind, uh, 90 plus percent of the consultants are failed TV journalists. They failed (laughs) in TV and now they're going to work for a company that comes in and tells you how to do your job. They should probably be in government work. I'm surprised. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. But my biggest complaint when they would come in and they would make some good points, you know, Hey, make better eye contact with the camera, you know, project your voice, you know, wear yeah. nice clothes. That's what I agree. Okay. I got it. But when they tell me to, to put the emphasis on the product and not the person or the personality, I think there's a disconnect there because people connect with people, not products. Just my opinion. I, I think you're right. And so you too, if, if Susan is so foolish as to believe she can ax all all the content that people love there and think it's fine like you're a fool lady people will just find that <laughs> right. content somewhere else. and i love that they're always surprised whenever they they ban people on youtube or any other social media and those people set up shop on some other platform oh i, I can't believe that they ha- now have a presence on this far right nazi platform over there but it goes to show you ban people they still have an audience people like consuming that material they just go to right. where it's available it's it's not That's right you can for it's easy to foresee but they 100%. act like that's a surprise. You're not, you're not going to, you're not going to ban. I, this is what worries me is like, the, they they'll never stop until you cease to exist. Essentially. It's not that you have to go somewhere else and do it over there. Cause we don't like you. It's like, no, no, you can't do it anywhere. We'll chase you around forever until you stop. It's scary. If you ask me, my friend. So if, if you have one up and coming social media that you would recommend to a friend, who would it be? Oh man, there there are a lot. Uh, I do know that um, that Parler and and uh, Rumble are doing pretty well. Those are backed by uh, Dan Bongino, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I've set up shop over there uh, within the last little bit. Um, Bitchute is also doing great for for video content, and um, the only bummer on those places is they're not offering streaming yet. But I'm told that. it's coming. Okay, and we've been we've been streaming our show on D Live as a backup for since since like spring or summer. We've been on there for like half a year, and D Live seems to function uh, really well too. So 
I, I don't know. Is I'm kind of primarily a, a gamer platform. Sorry, Matt. Is that primarily well, there, a gamer platform or just whatever? I've seen all kinds of streams over there. There's there's pretty much everything, and I've never I've gone through a lot of BS on YouTube. Not the most of anyone, mm-hmm. um, but I've gone through plenty of BS as you guys are dealing with on Facebook. No, sure. We there's definitely some. Um, I mean, if you watch the stream, there are some spicy things said by some people or our callers sometimes. But I've never, I've never had D Live give me any hassle whatsoever, and I've never had any issue with uh, with BitChute or with with Rumble either. And then Parler, of course, is not a video host, but if you want to talk about things Twitter style, Parler mm-hmm. seems to be doing really well. Very good, very good, Matt Christensen. Everybody, I'm so uh, I'm humbled and honored to have you on the program, my friend. Yes. We, I've been a fan of yours since you did the the, the bit on us uh, right after oh, that the was calamity. So great, Matt. Thank you. For we that. shared it with our friends a thousand times. <laughs> yes. they're, they're tired of watching it, so I got to start sharing some <laughs> of your new stuff as well. Sure. Uh, Matt's information is on the YouTube. We will continue to share in time through the Facebook. Look him up, Matt Matt Christensen, and that's spelled traditionally. Like Christensen, that's an E N at the end, not always, correct? The Danish, the Danish version. Christian like the religion S E N. And the website is MattChristensenmedia.com if people want to check it out. That's it. And part of your brand, brother, is uh the plaid flannel. I don't know if you can see what I'm wearing. Do you have a supplement? I don't your have strengths? your video, but yeah, the, the flannel channel for sure. I, I should just change it to the flannel channel. The flannel name, channel, maybe. just so nice. you know when you look at the playback. Right now, I did Matt. this for you. I oh, got well, my I'm, flannel, my best flannel going. Good. I'm glad to see it. We can uh yeah, we can uh, take over the world in flannels or right. start a new country in flannels based on flannels, nice. something like that, you know. There it is. I love it. I love it. All <laughs> right. Well, hey man, thank you so much for joining us. You yes, you went you. way above and beyond what even what you promised us. So that just goes to show you the heart of who this guy is. Look him up, find him. Matt Christensen, it's an honor to be with you. Thank you for being a part of our program. Yeah, today. thanks for having me. And and all the best to you guys. I uh especially during the holidays here. The story, like I said, it it was so ridiculous, but it just bums me out the way they attacked a family like that. So uh, all the best to you guys. And well, I, I hey, hope if things... you want to do a part two, my friend, I've got plenty of material for you. So <laughs> let's let's let talk know. offline because I'd like to learn some more about some of the things that uh, you mentioned. That sounds good, my friend. Thank you for cool. being here tonight. And if have a good night. talk to you sooner, have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Okay, buddy. Thanks, talk soon. Bye. Yeah, bye.